What's going on, dweebs? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. We'll get right to it, but I'll delay for one second to tell you that you've got to come to the Bad Christian Conference in February. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time and haven't been in the BC Club or in the BC Club and you haven't spent time around the community and us in person, you're really missing out. That's kind of what the whole thing's about. So see if you can make it to Dallas. Go get your tickets. Aaron Gillespie's going to be there. Uh, Propaganda's going to be there. Brandon Robertson's going to be there. Derek Webb is going to be there. And I'm going to announce some more special and good guests very, very soon. But get your tickets now is the smart thing. <clears throat> and if you're in the southeast, Florida especially, you got to remember, Emory's coming to town in January. So go to emorymusic.com right now. We're going to be there with O Sleeper. So get those tickets right away. All right, let's do the show. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one! <laughs> My name is Toby, and I'm the master on the mic. When I'm on the mic, I do the mic right. And there's Matt, up. he's fucking fat. And Joey, he sure is doughy, but I'm in the best shape of all of us three. And I am the rapper that you now see. In front of your ears, you can't hear. Everything I do is for the year. For the year. Very I good. accidentally said a bad word at the beginning. I want to go ahead and apologize That's what Matt to did too. listeners. Matt did too. Matt jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, thank that's you, okay. Matt. Matt that always gets right. my back. Yeah, that's I tr- true. I, I try to get people's backs, but then, you know, sometimes they put you in a corner and you have to turn on the person. That happens from time to time. Just that's to distance true. yourself, you know, from, from what they've just done or said. But I try to hang in there yeah. as much as you can, and that, that's basically the rule. Um, I got a couple of things I wrote down I, I wanted to talk about today. First one is... Uh, you know how I, I spent a decent amount of time in my life thinking when, especially when I was really in the evangelical world, thinking about how many people claim to be Christians that aren't. And it used to really bug me. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Do you know that feeling? I used to have that feeling. I, I was thinking about it because something <laughs> triggered it. I'll tell you what it was in a minute. But I used to have this feeling like, my goodness, you know, these people aren't even Christians. I had that distinct feeling when I got to Seattle, especially when I got plugged in Mars Hill, maybe because it was like a cult, you know. But it was like, wait a minute, I don't think the other people that always said they're Christian even are. I don't even think they care. I don't even think they get it. Right. And I started thinking, like, worldwide. It's like, they get to use that Christian name and not do anything. I'm doing my part. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't really know. I can't remember exactly what I thought. Like those, either they're deceived or they're really bad people. I can't can't remember exactly what my feelings were about them because I know people feel that way about me today. So I'm trying to get into that headspace. But the what I was always thinking was there's social pressure that makes people have to appear to be Christian. So that was the way to like kind of forgive them for it because it's like, man, that's my religion. Y'all are pretending here, watering it down, messing it up. Maybe it's only 10% of people that are really Christians or true, the elect or whatever I must've thought. I don't know. But most of these other people just think they are or say they are and don't, you know, but the, I believe it was because they were forced by social pressure. Like if you're in South Carolina in 1988, how are you going to not be a nominal Christian, right? There's no... Yeah. 
Right. The social pressure would force almost anybody to play by those rules yeah. and use those words. Oh, now, yeah. I'm kind of past that now, but I realize that with the Internet and with these open other communities and with the world having changed, there's less pressure on that now. So that's kind of a good thing is that people don't have to – a lot of people – of course, it's okay to be, to be a Christian and people disagree or, 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 you know, of course, you're free to claim your own Christianity on whatever terms you believe it, if that's how you identify. But a lot of people have, don't have to pretend to be anymore. And I think that's a good thing. Hey, but, do you, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to change the subject to what. Well, I just want to say, of, but, do you think there'll ever be a chance? Let's just say, you know how crazy stuff happened in evolution because it just took so long. Well, let's just give this thing 2,000 years. Do you think there's a possibility that in 2,000 years people go to the doctor and fill out the survey, and when it says religion, they check bad Christian? Like that's their uh, denomination? It. I doubt it. That'd be but awesome. you never know. I mean, why would you even say that? Awesome. <laughs> like, like, why would you even say something like that? Because it's, just, it's preposterous. It's just, it, no, it, no, it's like the most obnoxious, self-indulgent thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> See, that's where... I'll tell you how my... We're I'll, like the Baptists or the Presbyterians. I'll tell you how, or, that, how my mind... Okay, I'll tell you how my mind went there. All right, so basically, Matt is saying all that, and I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. And then I think um, when he said something about denominations, I was just thinking, what if Bad Christian was a denomination, but it was in a humorous, I'm joking around way. Then I really thought about how it would play out and someone checks, oh yeah, I'm Bad Christian. And it's like as known as like Christian and Judaism. And and I just thought that would be hilarious. And then I was just like, well, I have to share. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. So that okay. is one of those situations where it certainly flashed through both mine and Toby's mind is, all right, how can I get Joey's back here and make this keep going? <laughs> Looks like there's no path. I'm not smart enough or funny enough to think of a path forward with Joey. Therefore, put the brakes on, <laughs> turn on Joey real quick and get this thing back on the tracks. That's how that works. Right, Toby? Yeah. I mean, the, the number one thing I pray to God it, the, the number one thing is that bad Christian doesn't become a religion. That is the scariest, <laughs> most awful, horrific idea. Do you think I, I want have. that? Do you yes. think I? You just said it. No, I don't <laughs> want that. Two, if you, give it two thousand years, Matt, and people will check bad Christian. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it is so crazy how your ears internalize that. I don't want that. I, no, let me I say, think let me it say is how a, my ears internalize that. It's a Matt, joke. If you give it two thousand years, will people? check bad christian because the whole thought process is a joke i thought it was funny you I know don't, that it's Matt a joke doesn't and that's fine but th- my mind wasn't engaged in that thought because man i would love to be a denomination are you kidding me uh, I, I don't i don't believe you right now okay <laughs> I just now i i understand it's a joke but it is a pretty far out there one and now we're really far off from the hinge point in my story that I was <laughs> right. trying to tell. The, Don't worry the point about I was trying to make. It. Don't worry so about I'm it. So I'm going to take us all the way back to that. And if you'll recall, maybe I should start over. So I used I to think. <laughs> okay. Now, what I was going to say was that the social pressure of being a Christian is the thing that holds people in that lane. And now people have been able to shed that, which is good. And so now you can start to see, oh, I don't, you know, there's just a lot of people like, oh, I don't have to be Christian anymore. And that's nice that they, I can just be. Now, I realize now there may be a similar problem that there has been social pressure all along on people who simply want to be fact-based, reality-based, and, and 
participate yeah. in the rational community of it, you know, enlightenment, knowledge and facts and reason and truth yeah. and stuff like that. There's, it turns out there's been social pressure, just like the, the Baptist pressure in South Carolina in 1988 on the whole world. And it turns out that people have been pretending to care about reality and facts all this time. And now with all the Internet and all the communities and all the other stuff out there, people are able to shed that, too, and they can come out so to speak, in these safe communities where they don't have to believe in reality anymore, like Steph Curry of the NBA, who says, we haven't landed on the moon. <laughs> and all the flat earthers and all the conspiracy theorists out there <laughs> and all these other people, it's the same thing. It's scary. I thought, <laughs> just like everybody thought, almost everybody's Christian, surely. Wait a minute, I don't think they are. I thought everybody kind of it really was going to be on the same page with, you know, things that are obviously true and real. And now there's so much support for the flat earths and this, and you can be an Alex Jones fan or you can do whatever you want. And there's no stigma attached to it that league MVPs like Seth Curry could come out. Steph Curry. I don't know if Seth Curry thinks that or not, but Steph Curry comes out and says, you know, right in the press conference, like it's nothing. Like, of course, we didn't land on the moon. Isn't that insane? You better not put him on the same team as Kyrie Irving, man. They'll just they'll just declare at the beginning of the season. We are the champs no matter what anybody else says. That's really (laughs) worrisome to me. I I got some bad news for you. (laughs) Damn it. I'm not like Joey, but I there's part of me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist like Joey, but I will say there's part of me that thinks something about the moon landing is a little goofball. Now, let me clarify before you tear me to shreds. I do believe we've gone to the moon. I just don't know if those pictures... And the stuff that they did that they showed everybody was exactly if that was real. I think we probably I, I do believe we've traveled in space. I believe we're we are far more advanced technologically than we even know. Uh, but I something about that, that the way some of the things are like I just looked at it when I went down a rabbit hole one day and it does seem weird, like the way the flag is and the way some <laughs> of the the footprint and all that stuff. It just seems a little goofy. Like, did they knowing that America needed to do it? stage that whole thing so that they could then you know take more time and get there later right like the magic bullet theory and then the 9-11 buildings like when that plane like no 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 joey (laughs) no 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 please no 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 do not do not win me over to your side this is gonna be real bad no what do i do if joey wins me over to his side with this stuff no here's what's crazy is i have become a lot more moderate with all this stuff but i did like play along with matt like just because anything i say anti-conspiracy like i am further that way but i don't know i just kind of feel right okay like but let's just try to sort this out a little bit look i'm not saying that the government's never faked some footage of something for some reason of course they have that is so far from the point of can humans and have humans gone to the moon that it's insane you're right you're right that's insane the gap between those two by the way so just because you can prove that the government once did a thing or NASA got something wrong once does not <laughs> does not justify absolute untethered from reality lunacy and voluntarily leaving the realm of n- normalcy. That is crazy to me. And and for somebody as prominent as him, who is a Christian too, I mean, because just like in Kurt Anderson's books, Christians the more evangelical, the more fundamentalist they are, tend to be even more given to you know fantasy type things and conspiracy yeah. and stuff like that. But I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong here, 
I count you two guys as people who are reality based, seeking the truth and wherever it leads, able to change, you know, all that. I don't think you're the type that are like these other. And I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but you like the thought of playing around with the moon landing, not being real. You like the idea of that. It is fun. It is possible. And that is exciting enough. And you and that's OK with you to explore that and live in that. But I you really don't, don't think really so. think that we didn't, but you you don't really think that stuff like that is true. Like no, that, I, you wouldn't bet on it. You wouldn't bet your kids' lives on it or anything like that. Well, I, I'm just saying, it's I a could, game I, you're playing. I could play, poss- you know. I could possibly have myself deceived, but I'm almost certain. The only thing I feel is, oh my gosh, I hope this is not a conspiracy. Like when I watched this long program on the JFK assassination and all the corruption, I seriously thought. Oh my gosh, I really, really hope this is wrong. But then the more I watched it, the more real it felt. So I don't think that I'm in it for that buzz and entertainment. No, but really you know don't. what I'm saying is, though, you don't actually think the, and I'm not talking about every possible conspiracy theory out there, but that's another matter. It's possible to believe, I mean, whatever. But the moon landing is the one I'm talking about here. That's the only one I'm really talking about here. The moon is not that far away. We have the technology to go there. Of course we went there. Of course we go there. We have moon rocks. We have all, I mean, it, they, they left stuff up there. I mean, it, we went to the moon. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Nobody Is, would bet money. I mean, so it's it, not possible. You're saying it's not possible for that to be fake. I mean, it's just not possible. I, I'm not trying to trap you. I'm just curious. Do you think well, that's impossible? I don't think anything's impossible. No, I would not say that's a trap. I won't fall for that trap. We went yeah. to the moon, is what I'm saying. I mean, what percentage chance? Yeah, I would bet on it. Me I wouldn't. Put, I, I wouldn't say there is. It's, it's not anything's possible. I mean, I'm not going to put a number on it. But we went to the moon, and there's no reason to deny that. Yeah, the, the of course we I did. See, I, the problem I see is that just like everything else, like the JFK thing. You can just skew the evidence, and it's so compelling. Like when you watch that, Joey, the yeah. JFK, it, it to me, it does sound like from the outside what you're saying well, is. I'm not talking very, about JFK. You but. watched it. You watched it because it was entertaining to you. That's why you watched it. You didn't. I don't know if you watched it solely for the facts, and I don't know if it swayed you in a sense more. Like I think you might have already been open to the idea, then it swayed you. But you could probably watch uh, some uh, another. Uh, documentary that said no way it wasn't at all this it was this is what went down and it would seem compelling too so for me i just think it's, it's bizarre when people don't really have any facts at all and then make a strong statement like i don't think we went to the moon but there's not really any evidence it's just i don't want to believe it you know what i mean right. like for me my it's, evidence it's is fun well, and, that, and that's an impo- it's fun, and it's an impossible and it's an impossible conversation to have with a conspiratist too, because they would say, "Of course, there's no evidence because the bad guys hit it." You know, and it's around right, right. and around we but go. But I want to move on through that. But do you see the parallel I'm saying? In now, yeah. it's possible to just come out with batshit crazy stuff, and you'll be accepted right. by internet communities. That's a bad problem. Like, well, he is an unbelievable or, or not, basketball But maybe, player. maybe it's the same as the Christian thing from before. It's like, oh, it'll be good when all that's. Maybe it's good that we're seeing how lack of reality people are willing to do with all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and here's another uh, dimension of that same thing: if we construct all the social pressures, we clearly can control how people behave and what they do output wise. And that might be a lot of what's going on in the, 
you know, super progressive type mindsets. And so that worries me on another level that we're now creating new social pressures to which people will not believe at all, but they will simply pretend to outwardly in society. Think racism, for example. Think that's maybe where we are here, too. You're not people are going to stop saying things that sound racist. They will not stop being racist. They're going to learn how to pretend. They're going to learn how to pretend about to care about things like the diversity right. and everything. You know, we're creating new social pressures and you're just going to get a bunch of fucking fakers like we have with the Christians and we have with the people that try to act like they believe in reality. And so now you're going to have even Dang, more people pretending. And and I guess that's what we want them to pretend to do. As long as everybody pretends to care about other people and all that, then we'll be good. That's not good. We have to. That's not how it works. It's not the best way to do it. But the but I will say the it is a win, and I don't I, I don't know if you can separate what you're saying this, but it is a win that there's so many people being vocal about it, and in turn, more people are learning. Oh yeah, this isn't acceptable, right. and I do think. Obviously, hearing and listening to people has changed the behavior. So, how yep. how do you do that? Well, I'm just without without what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying this is an incredibly crude tool. If you really wanted to change people in the world and help things, get people to pretend. I don't know. Pretty crude. I mean, that's just the, the, a very blunt instrument that I don't think is 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 the best one yeah. you know like if you if you have changed your view and you have a lot on gay people and race and since the eight like my gosh you've changed because of your experiences because what you've seen because of who you've encountered because what you've learned because of what you've read and had the time to understand and change but if somebody says you better not mess up or say the wrong thing qu- quick that's just like how you train a, an animal or or a kid to not learn, but just behave, they don't learn or grow or change. They just give you the outward behavior that you're asking for. That's a pretty short step is what I'm saying. And that's the same with education, all that crap. And I think that's why people are getting so screwed up now. It's driving me crazy is because they were taught the religious stuff as a kid, do this, don't understand this, don't worry about this, don't worry if you believe it or not, behave this way, behave this way, behave this way. Then when that falls apart, now they're just picking up other sets of ways to behave. I used to be religious, and now I'm uh, anti-religious, but very religious in that pursuit because I'm looking for rules and ways to act outwardly to other people. This is what I'm obsessed with, how I appear to other people. What are the social rules? They, I should be anti-racist. I should be pro-Jesus. Like, that's not really – nothing's really happening on the inside when you're just playing that game. It's, no? Yeah, I, well, I've been thinking about it this week. You you, you brought up, like, uh, gay folks, and I was I was literally thinking about, like – what you just said back in the eighties, when I was a kid, I was told that being gay is a perversion. They're messed up. Uh, gay dudes are trying to look for young boys to sleep with. I was told all this stuff, right. By people I trusted. And then, and now in retrospect, I go, man, what it it was based in fear and it was Mm -hmm. based in this. And here's, what's really crazy that then a person being gay, the people on the outside that aren't gay is what made it a perversion. It, it, like you saying that, like, for example, my kids, when they were young, like it, up to five years old, would just fart and anywhere. And it just didn't matter. Right. They weren't embarrassed. They didn't care. It didn't nail because right. of other people say, hey, you can't fart here or that's don't right. do that. The, or that's not, the don't fart at the table. Or now all of a sudden farting is bad. Not because of any, they, it was totally fine. And I'm not related. <laughs> I'm trying. That was a bad example. Right. It's right. a social farting construct that puts a pressure on. That. That's, yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. Like if nobody ever said to me, gay is a perversion or what I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought anything different. I just like, Oh, those, 
those those two ladies <laughs> like each other, or what? Like right. I would have never. Right. I would have never came right. to the conclusion. I don't now. Uh, maybe at some point you do because you're 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 fucked up. But that's what I'm saying. That that perversion is more about the person saying it is saying it than the than the people you. You're on the outside looking in, saying something like that. Same I love we, that we, analogy. Yeah, same but, we talked about the the, but, the Lauren Daigle thing, uh, whatever last episode was. It it bothers me because it's these people that are saying something that aren't in the situation, have no say in it, and they just get to sit on the outside and say, "Well, that is what this is." But they're yeah. they're not even close to being in the situation. All the people that ever told me about gay people weren't gay. No, gay yeah, or didn't know much about stuff. it, but they made you know the mean? social construct. But I love the analogy of farting is yucky or bad that is a great example of how to explain to somebody what a social construct is it's not wrong it's just it's just what biologically what you do and of course it happens naturally and whenever but we have a social construct that says that's yuck gross don't do right. it here that's a good that's a good but at some discussion. point but uh, uh, i totally agree create a taboo i think it's a fascinating thought too but the, i would say the only difference in the church is it's not just a learned like passed down from person to person, their beliefs are based on an external document that they think is the word of God. Yeah, that was passed on by person to person. Right. A, yeah. per, a person wrote it and then passed right. it on person but the, to person. But they so, believe yeah, that exactly. God wrote it. Is what but I'm that's saying. beside the point. The point is people don't believe it for any other main reason other than the so they either believe it because of their, you know, social pressure or they pretend to believe it because of social pressure. Yeah. But it is the social construct that is telling people how to behave and that does work. Right. That's what I'm saying. It works to do that. You could just change all the social norms and most people would just believe whatever it was that most people believe. That's yeah. what will always happen. So we're creating new ones now and I'm saying you know, as a person that doesn't ever like his behavior controlled or other things controlling <laughs> other people's behaviors, it's not just direct authorities. It's the general culture and social stuff at large that we create will control people's behaviors. So you should pay attention as we create new taboos and things you can't say and do. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird, ter- it's a weird time to be alive. It's kind of exciting. You know, way, so yeah. Well, hey, hey, before you go any farther, we got to take a second and go tell you about a sponsor. Alright folks, it's Christmas time again and that means a big old sale on the Tooth & Nail site, the Tooth & Nail store. Throughout the month of December, everything is 25% off at the Tooth & Nail, Solid State, BEC, and Gospel Song storefronts. This is an awesome chance to pick up vinyl that you might have missed or check out some records that you've been curious about on the cheap. I know there's some I might get for Christmas. (laughs) Bands like Amberlynn, Copeland, May, Norma Jean, Demon Hunter, Fit for a King, Silent Planet, and many, many more. And all have a bunch of releases. So 
They are all on sale right now. On They are all on sale this entire month. So go pick up something for yourself or for that loved one. Come on, Merry Christmas, and thanks for all the support that you have given to Tooth & Nail and the bands that they have been just rocking out with this year. Yeah, so so wrapping the, this whole conspiracy theory conversation up, it's not a conspiracy theory conversation. I hope not to be dragged into that part again. Yes, uh, no. Well, I just want to say something funny about me is it hit me while we were talking about this that I had I had no choice but to be a conspiracist because my dad was reading JFK conspiracy theory books when I was like <laughs> in the second grade. <laughs> I mean, just like you and I were ra- raised Clemson fans. Right. And we were raised that's Christian. I, I mean, I was raised to be a conspiracy. No, that's my point. So my dad was showing me documentaries. Say, well, <laughs> I was watching documentaries on it on my free time for fun in the fifth grade. So, I mean, That's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I understand it's not, ah, man, it hey, is crazy. Well, I want to tell you guys I, something real quick that my, uh, my mental health is kind of at another all time high. Um, <laughs> well, I, cause I think I told y'all this a while back is that, man, this may be one of the best I've ever felt. And I kind of feel that I'm at another peak level where i'm just like good gosh this has to be the most mentally healthy i've been since childhood and it really is crazy just all of the knots that are un being untied in my mind you know through a lot of books that i'm reading through things i'm letting go of through talking to other smart people and um seeking god myself and all of that so i that's kind of a little uh, depression report and uh you know, one of the things I've been doing is reading a lot of books and listening to some podcasts. There's a really good podcast called The Big Chair, by the way. It's all, it's like free therapy. It's it's uh, cool. pretty unbelievable. But I've been reading a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, and it is unreal, obviously, because it sold so many copies. But I mean, I was I was thinking, you know, just about the religious stuff that I've been through and the number of years that I would read the Bible in a very, what I would be reading it in like a super bondagey way. Like it wasn't out of fun. It was out of duty. Everything I read made me feel worse. And that that's really the majority of my time reading the Bible. That's pretty much the theme I would say. And so I was just joking around myself how I just started this book a few days ago and it's helped me just more in the past few days. And the Bible has in the last 20 years. Uh, and obviously I do, I don't, I'm not, that's not a negative thing towards the Bible as much as how I was being raised to read it. But to, to clarify, um, your last statement is this book with the word fuck in the title has helped you more in the last week than the Bible has in 20 years as a pastor. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but <laughs> proceed. I mean, can I add? The fact, 
<laughs> no, Go seriously, ahead, Pastor how, how I have been interacting with the Bible has been very, very unhealthy. Uh, this now. is open. I, I guess whole I can't for me. quantify how much the Bible has helped me in, in the other ways, but I, I still rest by my word. I stand by my word. All right. So anyway, <laughs> let me let me give you kind of a snapshot of just how brilliant this book is. First of all, the guy is hilarious and very slapstick. I'll give you an example of this. He says in page eight, this is why not giving a fuck is so key. This is why it's going to save the world. And it's going to save it by accepting that the world is totally fucked. And that's all right, because it's always been that way and always will be. By not giving a fuck that you feel bad, you sort uh, short circuit the feedback loop from hell, which he explains earlier what that was. You say to yourself, I feel like shit, but who gives a fuck? And then as if sprinkled by magic fucking fairy dust, you stop hating yourself for feeling so bad. So you got the humor. He's pretty funny. But listen to this. This is uh, like earth shattering for me. I read this and, and I, I mean, I've read like 25 of these statements. He says, because here's the thing about here's the thing that's wrong with all of the how to be happy shit that's been shared 8 million times on Facebook in the last five years. Here's what nobody realizes about all this crap. The desire for more positive experiences is itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experience is itself a positive experience. I mean, this book is full of those sorts of truths that... I guess I knew, but never heard. So maybe I just never knew him. I mean, it it is just it is just blowing me away. But I did want to ask you. I mean, a few things about the book. Did y'all know about the guy that was kicked out of Metallica? Did y'all know oh, that story. So some guy, guy was some guy was kicked out of Metallica. When and who? it and and at well I. I'll so, tell you who. So it is. you don't actually know who it is. Well, it's a mystery. Yes, it's a mystery are you reveal. Asking us it, like you need to know, or are you asking us like no? It's it's kind of a surprise. It's a surprise. So basically, he was kicked out. They didn't. They didn't tell him why. They didn't give him an explanation. I think they even sent their manager to do it. And so he uh, he was about to go on tour with Metallica. So he flies uh, home. He's driving, you know, to his house, and he thinks he he starts snapping out of the depression. And basically, oh, it's Dave Mustaine, as he's talking yes, about. Yeah. Yes. And he said, you know what? Fuck those guys. I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to start. Excuse me. Yeah, I know this. Yeah. He says, I'm going to start my own band that's going to blow y'all the hell out of the water. I'm going to be more famous. I'm going to sell way more albums. Fuck y'all. And so he starts Megadeth. Ends uh-huh. up obviously becoming a legend. A lot of people thought he was the best songwriter in that genre. And to this day, he still feels like a failure. Like he feels, and so basically, this guy tells that story and and says how there's so many people that have these aspirations that are just stupid to have. Like, don't have the aspiration of being a famous singer. Like, if that's right. what you're basing your whole world around, totally. it's not going to happen, you know. Or don't base your whole life existence on I just need to earn a million dollars or something. It's not because it's not going to happen. That's not why. Exactly. It's because it's because you got work to do, and that's what you're supposed to be satisfied in doing. What you're doing between now and then. Right. Right. You're supposed right. to enjoy your fucking life, not a not a goal, right. a thing, an and abstract I really, thing. And I I really like how this guy talks about life. I mean, he literally said in the beginning of the book, like one of his foundational things is, do you know how short 
you're here for? Like, do you know how short your life is and what are you doing worrying about stuff? And, and basically, you better figure out your mental health because you've got Hell one yes. life. And um, But then another story, and I'll try to make this one quicker, is Let I didn't know... clarify that they sent Dave Mustaine home on a bus, not a plane. Okay, He said, all right, when's my flight leave? And they're like, here's your Greyhound ticket. That is so crazy. <laughs> did, did, they ever say, did they ever say why? I think there's an ego problem. He's a really good guitar player. I mean, they've replaced him with Kirk Hammett, but he was a really good guitar player and singer and writer and everything. But Damn. I think they were all drinking a lot and crazy and had egos and stuff. And just, you know, couldn't, couldn't get along. Okay, so Ringo Starr was not the Beatles' original drummer. I had no idea of that. The original drummer, forgot his name too, I should have written it down, but basically was super charismatic, was kind of becoming one of the most famous, but none of them were famous, but he was getting a lot of attention because he was the most handsome, the most charming, and the other three guys, John Lennon, McCartney, and whoever the other guy is, basically said, other guy. Yeah, basically said, he is out. And they definitely sent their manager to kick this guy out of the Beatles. Uh, they got Ringo Starr to come on. And then I guess that's you know why Paul McCartney and John Lennon are kind of the seen as the two bigger names. And maybe uh, the original drummer would have been. But then he says how that original drummer worked through that, learned through that, and then basically said, you know what? I actually just want kind of a simple life. I want a healthy marriage. I want to have some kids. I want to do some work that I enjoy. And this guy says, you know, he did go through a major depression when the Beatles became the biggest band of all time, but he worked through all of that. And now this guy says he is way happier than John Lennon. Of course, John Lennon is dead, but he's way happier than those two guys. Like those two guys sought in all sorts of different ways for like uh, happiness. And, and obviously, I can't get in their minds and know how healthy they were. But by, obviously, we've read enough about them. We've heard enough interviews to where, you know, they're not happy. Their, their fame didn't bring them happiness. Their money didn't. And, uh, you know, he points to that guy. But I, I actually um, read something in here. Let me pull my phone up that reminded me so much of Mark Driscoll. I'm going to say that that was a uh, conspiracy. I what don't was? think that I don't think that that guy is happier that he didn't end up in the Beatles. That, <laughs> that is not true, and he can't say that because he doesn't know what it would be like to be an unreal, maybe in the best band in the history of the world. If he's way happier that it didn't work out, I don't know if I can believe that. I think you have to say that. Like even with us, like with Emory Records and stuff like that, I feel strongly that there was things that happened, but I can't say for certain. I wouldn't have been happier if. Uh, I would have been our band would have been the biggest band in the world. But you don't really have the choice but to say, well, you know that yes, was bad, but we learned through it and we struggled, and here we are. Right. I mean, you don't have a choice because you don't know the counterfactual. Yeah, like I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, but, but that, but but it's a sign of mental health that this guy can, if he's telling the truth yeah, and he is that. at peace, then that's that's the achievement. Whereas, sure, I don't know that Ringo's any happier than he is today. There's no reason to believe that. Right. But there's some reason. It's no. not. I don't think so. I don't think there's any reason. I'm mean, ask Chris Cornell. I mean, ask ask uh, Lincoln Park guy. I mean, ask Chester. You know, ask Kurt Cobain. There's no reason to believe they're happier because you get to be in a legendary band. But just because he listed some so. people that aren't happier doesn't mean that there aren't people that are super happy. I mean, Paul McCartney might be unreal happy. I, I mean, you listed the people that were sad and committed suicide, but they they obviously had some mental. Yeah, Pop, but uh, I'm just saying if problem. you just take Ringo Starr and this guy, I have no reason to believe that Ringo's happier than this other guy. I've got no reason to believe that. 
how would you say? Yeah, but you don't have you don't have any reason not to believe it either. Then, I mean, you can't say that Ringo is is definitely not happier. No, is I can't that, say anything. I'm saying I, 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 whoever's my, more mentally balanced is who I prefer to be out of the two, regardless of the external factors. Is my is will be my point. I would rather inhabit the life of whichever one of them has better mental health. Period. Yes, I agree. But right now, what I'm saying is, it, if us three won a million dollars each, some of us might be mentally healthier or mentally not as healthy because right. of so the situation. We can't, we can't handle the situation. But I'm, that's yeah, what so I'm money saying. wouldn't like be guy. a factor. So I mean, if that guy's just talking about, I wouldn't be able to handle the fame and the money, yeah, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. saying uh, I didn't want that and I like the simple life, I don't know if I can oh, totally yeah, yeah. go all Oh, yeah, You have to rewrite your, the narrative to make right. sense to you. But I'm saying that's what you, that's what I'm. That's the problem, though. That's what this book probably is about and everything. It's like you kind of got to get over the fact that there's some other narrative. It's the one you write is the one you inhabit, and that's up to you, period. It's your reality. You live in it, and unfortunately, you write it. Right. That's the bad news is yeah, you're yeah. in charge. So yeah. right, it'll be whatever you I make of it. I love this that's conversation. It. I could just listen to you guys forever. This is great. I mean, I'm, there's no I'm totally serious. It's interesting. You know, Good I job. mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about narratives in a general way anyway, because the label and everything else. But that's what I mean. It's a little scarier, but you have to decide what the story of the facts are just facts. You, your interpretation is what you live in. Period. Right, so yeah. let, let me. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, what I was going to say is one, one of the things here is that, and uh, we talked about this on uh, one of the club episodes. If you're not in the club, you better get in because we, we talked some really good stuff. Matt shared his whole story about uh, slicing his finger off almost. So uh, you're missing out awesome. if you're not in the BC club. But <laughs> one, of the things we did, one of the things we did talk about was about pain and suffering and could it, suffering actually end up being a good thing or whatever. That's what that, that leads me to this. If this guy is saying, listen, of course it would have been unbelievable to have all that stuff and there's a part of me that longs for that, but I also realize that missing out on it might not be a bad thing. Yeah, that that is a mentally healthy way, but you can't just say it would have been bad. So not I, necessarily. That's what but I'm let's saying. walk can't... let's walk down your line though. Let's say all I'm right. only a man. We had written the exact right record, produced it right, right, made all the right choices, and the industry had kept on going right. up. Right, and it went gold or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know, from your point of view now, that you have learned things like struggle through struggle and humility to be a better person. That's your current narrative, right? Yeah. And you feel that to be true. Like, you know, there's things you wouldn't have learned and you wouldn't be the person you are now unless those were the events and circumstances in which you were, you know, became who you are now. So if you want to calculate the other one, you would have to at least start with all those things that you did learn. You would have not had learned those or at least not at that time. And how would you and when? And you do know you would have been on some trajectory with more power, ego, fame and money. And now you can start to make a prediction of would that have been better or worse. I think it's not that crazy to say it could have been worse or is more oh, dangerous. Yeah. So that's mathematically. No, I agree with you. Yes, it, it I think you take this path if you had to roll the dice. I don't think you would change it if you had to go back. That's what I'm saying. I think you huh. think you're on the best path. I don't think you would do it the other way. If you could go back in time and not know what you know now, yes, you would take it the other way. But knowing everything that you know now and who you are. I don't know that if you roll that dice to find out the counterfactual, I don't know if you'd be confident that it would be better. In fact, I'm sure you wouldn't You wouldn't do it. That's the premise of the movies like Family Man with Nicolas Cage or whatever, you know? Right. All right. That he's living the counterfactual the other way. Well, let me tell you, let, let me 
Hey, let me show you guys how this secularist just tags megachurch pastor Mark Driscoll. I mean, re- listen to this. Entitled people exude a delusional degree of self-confidence that can be alluring to others, at least for a little while. In some instances, the entitled person's delusional level of confidence can become contagious and help the people around the entitled person feel more confident in themselves. The problem with entitlement is it makes people need to feel good about themselves all the time, even at the expense of those around them. And because entitled people always need to feel good about themselves, they end up spending most of their time thinking about themselves. After all, it takes a lot of energy and work to convince yourself and your shit doesn't stink, especially when when you're actually uh, been living in the toilet. Now listen to this. Once people have developed the thought pattern to constantly construe what happens around them as self-aggrandizing, it's extremely hard to break them out of it. Any attempt to reason with them is seen as simply another threat to their superiority by another person who can't handle Mm -hmm. how smart, talented, good-looking, and successful they are. Is that not unreal? I mean, does that yeah, not it's sound? A, it's a it's a scary loop, you know, of the, the oh, narcissistic type people get in. I mean, that's a definitely a type. It's a Donald Trump type or a Mark Driscoll. Type. I mean, you know, it's a it's becoming a more identifiable, clear type over time. That I think people kind of recognize it, but the sad part is they don't really know it. They're yeah. trapped in a loop there, like people like that. Exactly. They're trapped in a loop that they can't see out of it's self-reinforcing and it just and and that's such a frustrating situation because like if you look at it in that way it's kind of innocent i mean i guess it wasn't an innocent process to get to where you're at but at this point right there's an innocence to it you know yeah i mean that's their narrative that they have they have to like in that movie of their life, they have to see those people as jealous and that challenge them and try to you know they there's no they don't really have another way to interpret that from where they're sitting unfortunately yeah all right let me read let me read read three more sentences here uh just will rock your world mental health strugglers we are wired to become dissatisfied with whatever we have and satisfied by only what we do not have this constant dissatisfaction has kept our species fighting and striving building and conquering so no our own pain and misery aren't a bug of human evolution. They're a feature. feature. Pain in all of its forms is our body's most effective means of spurring action. This is some good stuff. That's depressing, but it's true, it seems. On the back of the book, it says, these people give a fuck about this book. (laughs) Ryan Holiday says, (laughs) it's it's pretty witty. I went on his website because obviously I'd love to have him on this podcast. And um, when you click on speaking and all of that, he says that he's taking like a two year break from it. Cause he had like, um, a bazillion interviews last year, but very well, cool. Maybe we'll book. get him when he comes back. Out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check. Well, if we're still around, we'll circle back around in two years. You know, if we're still doing this thing, Toby, will be doing it. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. The, the over under is probably what a year and a half. <laughs> I was going to go one month. <laughs> it, can I just say something too? Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we said the church system might be bad, and Joey said didn't, didn't give us anything. But today, Pastor Joey said that a secular book with the curse word in it is more important than the Bible. <laughs> but but he's going to he go can only recommend the, one book. I know he's going to go back to church and teach the Bible. But, but yeah. he's going to choose to go back to church and teach the Bible. But we but our tone was bad. 
<laughs> are you going to tell people about that book at your church? Uh, yeah, I'll definitely recommend it to people that are struggling with mental health. In fact, my lead pastor told me about this book. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he read it. I don't think he'd be opposed to it, but that's how I found out about it. But yeah, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to go into that. But well, yeah. I, I will say that it, I like you what know, Toby's. Uh, I am that. heartened by the progress that we've made it with language just in a couple of years. You know, yeah. like it. I, I think there may be some effect of the the whole system going crazy and Trump and everything else. They've just made so many things that used to seem like big deals look like no big deal, but more free and open use of language in a lot of ways, at least cuss words is at least that's a positive to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't really bother. That doesn't seem that vulgar as it used to would have. Yeah. That, that book would be there. Your pastor can recommend it, whatever. I love, love that. Yeah. That's real progress to me. Just like the progress that was made previously on, uh, allowing Christians to drink some beer. Remember right. when that was right. taboo and then that changed in our, not only in our lifetime, but in the time that we were, here and in the space and like paying attention to Christianity, like you've seen it change. That Dude, is, kind of stuff is so exciting to me. Listen to this. L- listen to this. 18 years ago, I'm graduated from college. It's my first year of teaching. I go on the road with my friend, Chris, uh, Andy Chrisinger to follow Pedro the Lion, T.W. Walsh and Ida around to like three or four gigs in the Southeast at one of the venues. Well, I, I think at yeah, the first time we went to a venue, Andy got a beer. And I kind of thought to myself, I don't know if he should do that. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. That was that was only 18 years ago that I wasn't sure how I felt about my friend drinking a beer. Isn't that crazy? Well, let me just go. That's let me just. I got to d- tell one other story then here that that brings up for me. It happened to me last night. I'm a rational guy, you know, so certain things like this really bother me. But, Toby, you know how when we're doing shows, sometimes we get the gigs where you got to do an all-ages show, but there's a bar area and the all-ages area, and then you have yeah, to yeah. decide which area is going to be for the all-ages versus the bar because they won't right. intermingle. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yes, Toby, you're totally. muted there if you're talking. But Oh, sorry. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So – when Emory started, we were very much an all-ages band. I mean, a lot of teenagers, all that kind of stuff. And so, of course, shows are all ages. And when you look back in the past, it's church basements and strip mall this and all this stuff. They're just rooms, you know. And then at some point, it was bars, and people are older. And, of course, we're drinking. And now, when we play shows, I mean, used to a twenty-one uh, over-21 show would be death. But now it kind of doesn't even matter <laughs> that much. And so we made the mistake before of having it where we thought, oh, the main floor, we need that to be all ages because the kids are going to go crazy and the people can stand in the bar and then they can just drink back there, the people that want to drink. It turns out everybody there is 28 years old and in the bar and there's nobody in the middle of the floor right where the band is playing. So I've seen that happen. Uh, and Seattle's real bad about that. But I went to a show last night um, – and it was an all-ages show at Chop Suey in Seattle, which is a badass venue. I love it. And uh, I, I walked in there, and it was an all-ages show. And sure enough, they have a small bar on the right side, and it is 100% packed. And then on the main part of the show, there is nine people. And I don't even think any of them are under 21. 
And so the first band has to go on and play. I mean, there's nobody in front of the band and every single person in the bar. And it's crowded in the bar. And it sounds bad in the bar. And we're all standing over there. And we all wish we could be standing where the band was. And you say, well, you can. There was no kids there. And the rules are super uptight. And you had to sit there with everybody crammed in one space and be irrational where everybody's pretending like this makes any sense in the world that we're all doing this because of the whatever rules there are about alcohol. But there's not any children there. If there was two of them, you could put a wristband <laughs> on them and say, okay, everybody just go over there. We'll put a wristband on these people. Don't sell these two children alcohol. And now a whole room of hundreds of people have to pretend a silly game and stand in the bar area. I, 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 can't, I can't stop thinking about stuff like that when I'm in that situation. It ruined my whole night. It's crazy. <laughs> It's the stupidest thing in the whole world. It just—it's really just dumb. Just let like, us go. Just—I mean, what? I don't even understand. Like the whole—I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get it to an extent, but good God, it just feels like everywhere, every uptight law seems it's so to be crazy. On, only hurtful. It doesn't seem that helpful. Like everybody goes, yes, but an eighteen-year-old drinking alcohol will kill people. Uh, they're killing people anyway, or doing—they're not or whatever. Yeah. Or, or or you would teach them. Hey, you don't have to hide this because how many 18-year-olds do drink alcohol and do smoke weed and do bad stuff? But you're going to get it no matter what. I don't understand. Yeah, Toby, there's no high teenagers on the road at night. Exactly. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, all you got to say is we'll check IDs at the bar. I mean, I know the law doesn't allow for that, but you go, okay, let's just check. I mean, but I'm just saying the laws cause that rule to happen and then you have to have them separate or else your bar will get shut down and it's just really stupid, but... Now don't you, anyway. don't you think the the uh don't you think that there are a level there is a level of rule followers that will abide by that law and so if you remove the law even those guys start doing it too no what i'm saying is at every other place in the world they just have a bar and you can do whatever like applebee's they have beer there and children it's fine gotcha gotcha you right. can have beer and children in the same cubic foot footage of space it's not crazy isn't that and, and every protected. and most states and most cities aren't like that seattle's that way california's overregulated. and when you feel that overregulation, you just think you're going crazy i've gone yeah. batshit crazy everybody here's pretending some weird game you know if you okay we can't smoke inside good i don't like it anyway you go outside uh farther go farther down the street go across the street Walk down. I mean, what do we? I mean, hey, check, just check. L- let people do some things. Check this one out, Matt. When we had uh, we had an office space next to the movie theater that we meet at, and the office space. Um, <laughs> excuse me. If you go if you go online and search Seacoast James Island, that's that area pops up movie theater and everything. Well, there was a guy that we actually had to send one of our legal advisors for the church to help him get a liquor license because the law states in South Carolina that you can't sell liquor within like a mile of a church. And so right. because we meet at a theater what and might he's happen? sharing the same plaza, he can't sell liquor. That's so, <laughs> so crazy. We actually had to go to Seacoast, had to help him get his liquor license. I mean, it's just, uh, what, what is, what's the purpose of that rule? To respect Christians? I mean, is, is it? I wonder, I wonder how <sighs> long it's been and maybe back then people just said, oh, those, 
you know, drunk people can't be near the church building. Well, I could it, see it, it being religious based. I mean, it's well intentioned, but I mean, that stuff only goes one direction. It creeps up, it stacks up, and of course, nobody wants to push against it. It requires some idiot like me to say something about it that's obviously an obnoxious idiot. And then nobody's going to listen to it. So stop making all the regulations and trying to control. I mean, you have to be a little slower with that. That's what I'm saying. Just be a little more careful because it stacks all the way up until you have. It's, you know how you know it can get crazy, right? You know things can get authoritative, and you know it's very possible to for things to get worse and oppressive. I mean, it's not a one-way ticket to pure democracy and happiness and utopia forever. Like, it can get out of hand and to where you're a bunch of bullshit and you're not free anymore. Yeah. So I'll make noise at the at this. Yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world, I know, but people need to make noise about that somewhat without feeling like idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Life is crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, y'all got to say y'all stories. I'm going to say mine. Uh, might hey, we'd sound love a to hear today. you share, Toby. Well, it's really funny. While, while we've been recording this podcast, I've been driving to Monticello, Illinois, because we got a Emory show this Saturday. And Devin and I did this. Uh, we'll write a song for you for a Christmas present. Sweet. And so we wrote 22 songs in about two weeks. Dang. And uh, so I'm going up there to sing them with Devin and, and get all of it recorded and, and set so we can send it. Um, we also, we're going to reopen that store for a limited amount, way less than 22 uh, for Valentine's Day. So if you want to do that, Sweet. go to songrescue.com and you can get that. Now, here's what's really funny about this though. I'm riding down the road, uh, talking to you guys in my phone and recording into an H6 on, and I have an S. M7 microphone on a boom stand <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> so every, it's been so funny. I've had like five people like look casually look over at me while they're passing me, and then there's the double take of what in the hell is that big black thing in front of his face? <laughs> <laughs> Martha, he's probably on YouTube riding down he's the road. Yeah. Those Martha. YouTubers. I'll tell you what, I thought texting was a problem. They're YouTubing thought, now. He's got <laughs> yeah, a microphone stand and all that. My <laughs> God, it's been so funny. Those people, like, it's I like they're, texting they was bad enough. <laughs> this motherfucker skyping over here. It's unbelievable. So, but it's really cool because I I hope this sounds good. I don't know if y'all hadn't enjoyed my audio. I apologize. I have a backup too, but um, it's so fun because I'm getting two things done at once. Like I'm recording the podcast and I'm having to do this drive. It's like 400 miles, and so uh, I'm really enjoying this. Like I don't I because you know Matt, you know Joey, you know too. I get the phone juice when I drive. I got to talk. I call those folks. I get on the phone. Call who? I, that's when I talk to my family. I, I cave in and call them. I call everybody I can. So it's really funny. I get to talk to you guys mm -hmm. on the phone, and I'm getting my miles in. So I'm very, yeah. very happy. That's right. And let me tie that all the way back to Joey's book that yeah. he was talking about. That, what you're doing right now, feels good and it is good because you, it's actually you're accomplishing things you're get you're getting miles done that you have to do and you're talking which in itself you know you're processing information yeah. and you're getting your work done your job done and your brain is rewarding you for doing yeah. good stuff it of course it feels good yeah. it feels good to go it. on a walk and think and driving is kind of like pacing is for me i don't have to actually physically pace it is the um the visual scenery changing is what engages my mind so if i drive i can think clearly or if i walk 
around, I can yeah. think clearly. What I can't think clearly is having to sit still and look at one thing. You know that, that something about that doesn't make my brain work as good. But driving, right. man, so clear. And there's not some goal to your life, Toby. This is it. And if you're enjoying this moment. Good for you, man. That sounds really balanced and healthy. You should. This is the look at you laughing. This is great. You're, yeah. This is your life yeah. that you've designed and I, you're living, and it's I used healthy to feel guilty for no about other reason kind of other than right now is good to yeah. you, and that's that's all there is. I used to man. I used to feel guilty you, about man. going away, and Priscilla wasn't even putting that on me. She said, "Please have fun. I'm working my ass off here at home, so please yeah, be having fun." That's a good example <laughs> of unhealthy. Yeah. Hey, let, uh, we're such big football fans on here. I don't want to talk football, but I really want Matt to hear something, and I want to also share to our listeners this little treat. Um, so he, here's what's going on. I'm going to play to you. There was a miracle play that happened on Sunday. Miami did a ridiculous play to beat New England the very last second. So this is a granddaughter filming her grandfather as he sees uh, the Patriots lose. Listen to him and then his grandson. And then there's also his wife is in the background being held up by a walker. And she's got her mouth wide open. This is just great. All right, let me play this. Speaking and right all that he says, yes, he's hey, oh, my God, they won. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, maybe we'll get him when back. Yeah, yeah. We'll check. Like we'll, if we're still around, we'll circle back around in two years. <laughs> and if we're still doing this thing. By round. Are still going to be doing it? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. How do you lose like The over under is probably what a year lost. and a half. Can I just say something too? Like, uh, Grim, be all right? How did that ago, happen? The church system might be bad. A freak Joey, play, a crazy play. Didn't, didn't give us anything. How could today, it happen? Today, how, how, how could it happen? Where the fuck are they all? If you can only recommend one book. He stood up out of his chair and said, Jesus Christ Almighty. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely. I mean, that is just hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That is just a treat. Football and a, and a cute old man getting mad at his team losing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he Yeah, old people getting mad is always funny. Speaking of old people getting mad. Never mind. I'm not going to. Rob, I'm talking to you. I just saw that we have Rob, a BC Club member, who's one of our elders. He's one of my favorite BC Club member because of his <laughs> age. <an> elder, <laughs> BC Club. <laughs> no, I do. We're we're having a segment here where we're going to talk to some BC Club Looks members. Like someone and, else is thinking about Bad Christian being a denomination, Matthew. <laughs> and Rob has been in the BC Club for a really, really long time, and he is older than us, which I really appreciate. It makes I don't know what about that makes me feel good, but that does. I mean, with ba- being in a band, it's always oh, the kids this, the kids this, the kids this. Now I can say. You know, the elderly this, the elderly fans this. But <laughs> in I'm other just words, Rob's not elderly, but he's older than me, and I love that. In other words, Him Matt gets to say now, I do adult <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. I, I do adult shit now. Rob, thank you for being a BC Club member for so long and finally getting to join the show here. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah please, please be good. entertaining, man. Please keep everything going and uh, kind of just get the juice flowing. We're depending on you, buddy. You're, you're not you're counting on me is what you're saying <laughs> i'm the reason you guys are still going anyway so hey that, so go, go you, on the record tell us your age if you don't mind otherwise 50, you can, 
51. I'm 51 years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's a uh, good solid decade older than me. You're less than a decade older than Toby, but yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah, that does make me feel good. Yeah, I, Rob, I feel like you're my go-to guy. Like, as my body's changing, I can say, hey, this isn't working anymore. <laughs> what did you do? Because <laughs> I'm right there. I'm not really that far off. I, I mean, if I keep going, I'm going to catch up to you. And so you're my go-to. You're my like my, my, my friend. I'm like, hey, you've probably been through this. Why doesn't this work anymore? <laughs> Denture cream recommendations and stuff. Toby keeps telling me he's going to catch up, which I think is pretty funny. I, it's probably the the alcohol that might age you a little bit faster than myself. So, yeah, I'm, y'all, I'm, at, I'm at the age now to where I see a former student of mine in the grocery store with my son the other day, and I talk to him about you know how things going, and he picks up on the fact that I'm his teacher, and he literally said, "Dad, I cannot believe." you taught that man because he's 30 (laughs) to my son how in the world did my dad teach other adults that are his age i mean it's just hilarious i'm not a young guy anymore at all well so and i think i'm literally the only guy with two kids in the club also wow Are, are you the only father or the only father of two the only father of two that actually they're both in the club. Gotcha. His children are in the BC club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so my, gotcha. my son Hayden's in the club and my son Dylan's in the club. That is crazy. That's Man, wild. what's wrong with your wife, dude? I, well, she. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, there's a. That's a whole other subject. It's been driving a wedge between him and his wife for years. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she. You know what? She honestly, she was a pretty avid listener for a while and. Uh, until we said, <laughs> till we crossed what line? Till she met you, man. I think that was the key thing. I'll be- what did I say? What did I do? Oh, there's a lot of things. It was the smell. It, it could have been the smell. smell. That's possible. So, but uh, well, she is a teacher, Matt. So you know, there's that. Well, <laughs> Matt's harsh on teachers and and uh, marriage yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, authority, those type of things. Old people, people yeah. like me. Yeah. You, I am, you know, I am curious. We talk about you know, obviously, we want more people to join the club, and so we talk about why people join it. Like we really know, but I am curious. There are some people they're not joining it for the perks at all. Uh, then there's some people that's just like, I can't lose my community in face- on Facebook. Like, I got to stay plugged in. And, and then I guess there's a few people that want to get some stuff uh, in the mail or the free downloads and all that stuff. Why Why are you in the club? Is it fun? Is you love the Facebook group or you're like, no, nah, I don't do any of that stuff? So, so there's probably two things. So the first thing is... Um, we joke about it, but I've, I've literally been around since the first episode. Uh, I, was doing, I was doing a job out in the Navajo Nation installing turf, and I was looking for something different. And I knew, I know Matt and Toby, I knew Emery, didn't know you, Joey. At that point, you are the no most problem. famous pastor in the world now. Yeah, no so problem. We all know about you. Yep. And, uh, but I knew him at McDonald. And so I'm like, well, Matt, McDonald's, this, this is, I got to try this out. So I, I've been there since the beginning. So I got hooked in at the beginning. And, um, when you guys, before the club, you just have levels where you could donate. And I'm like, we listen to this so much. I, I feel almost obligated. That I wanted to, <laughs> right. I wanted to support you guys. And so we were on that. That, we was, spirit, that was the spirit talking. It was the Lord yeah. telling yeah. me. Some of our listeners need to hear that shit, man. Yes, that's right. Well, that right. and Toby begging because his kids need to eat. So there's that too. <laughs> and the alcohol. Don't forget the alcohol. Yes. yes. One man can't I, afford that much on his own. <laughs> and I know we're trying to age you, dude. So, 
And so, uh, yeah, so we, we, I did that for a while, but then when the community popped up, um, I'm old. The one thing we can't handle is Facebook. So Twitter is Adam. Old people love the Facebook. We do love Facebook. We can post <laughs> the pictures Facebook. of our the Facebook <laughs> pictures of our grandkids. Please don't tell me that you. Please don't tell me you sign off on your comments. Hey, that's a beautiful picture of your family, and then you write your name. Love Rob. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I try not to. But, but so so the Facebook group was great, and and so jumping in there and starting to meet some of the folks in there. In fact. Um, when I turned 50 last year, I told my wife, I don't really want to party. I want to hear from my people. So one of the guys in the club organized a video, recorded a video, sent it to me for my birthday. I got a little weepy and teary-eyed. So that, to me, that's my community. Those, that's my church. I've kind of been um, moving away from the church that we've gone to for a long time. And the community that I've found in the Facebook group has been the best. I mean, whether it's Gee. the main group, whether it's the subgroup whatever it is, it's just been a great connection for me. And I, I don't do real well in real life people having friends. So this is very helpful to me to, to kind of stretch out and, and, and force myself and, and make friends that I normally like people in Memphis, people in, you know, Seattle, all over the country that I wouldn't be friends with. You are talking my ministry language. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm reaching Hell a yeah. missional. Hell yeah. We, Hey, we are doing something. We're, That's we're, right. we're it's, it's, the Lord's work. One thing we had in mind for this segment to bring people on is to give give people the uh, opportunity to to what is the thing they always they love to say. Now I don't agree with you on everything, but so what would that be for you? Do you have a okay? I love these guys, but oh, so there's a, so we'll walk through it quickly. So. Um, <laughs> just so you don't have to come on and tell us why we're awesome and the club's awesome. You get to come on here if you're in the BC club and tell us what you don't agree with. Yeah. So, well, I'm Presbyterian, <laughs> so we got to have three points, but no, we'll, we'll go through this quick. But, uh, so I always feel bad for Joey. That's, Toby, that's... I want to be like you when I grow up. And Matt, you're my spirit <laughs> animal, but when you lock in, dude, you do not let go of stuff. That's, <laughs> I mean, the, I've and it's funny, I was thinking about this today. So, I, Toby knows this. I'm studying to be a therapist. I think we talked about this at the roadshow, Matt. And there's a thing called cognitive distortion that I think that mm-hmm. you have sometimes. Shit. I'm aware of that when other people have it. All right. So so you, you've seen <laughs> something happen once or twice, and you're convinced it's always going to happen. So let's go to teachers. My wife is a teacher. She mm-hmm. works her ass off. She is probably – she is the best teacher where she's at, clearly. She doubts it all the time. She knows she teaches geometry and that you're not going to use geometry today or I'm going to use it tomorrow. But she teaches them lessons on, on figuring and how to problem solve and all those things. But my, my thing with the cognitive distortion is somebody hurt you, Matt. And so you just you latch onto something and won't let go. So I did disagree with that. But Disagree with what? That your take on teachers. What was, what was the take? That they're worthless, don't really need them. I hate them all, want them to die, that kind of thing. (laughs) I've been thinking about revising the point, but I I really can't see how I'm not reasonable on that. So that's the thing where I disagree with you. And look, there are. Rob, but it was so fun seeing Matt so frustrated behind the scenes and him thinking about it and thinking about what he said and how he could have approached it differently. It was just magical. It was magical. Oh, he was. Well, and it's funny because so. Joey, you've taught, so you kind of weighed it out a little bit, and you're like, are you serious? You think yeah. all teachers are terrible? No, I don't think that, though. That's the, that's why I just can't understand. Like, I had to, you know, I can't even, I just yeah, it, can't, it's, because it's, that is not at all what I think. 
Yeah, but you I, think most of them are terrible. I think they are underqualified for the t- task at hand. And I, I, I listen. I'll say one thing here. Well, real everybody quick, loves me... the line. Everybody loves the line to say it only takes one. You only have that. You need that right. one good teacher. I say that's the biggest fucking bullshit I've ever heard in my <laughs> life because I didn't. I've had a million medical procedures, and I don't say, but I did have this one good doctor. No, I need them all to be good. <laughs> I don't need just one positive learning experience with one teacher once in my life. I had one. I had two good teachers. Matt, the rest were shit. Matt, you and Matt, you and Toby have swayed. Those two me. teachers changed my life, Rob. The teachers have changed my life more than anything in the world. In fact, I've not had one good one. I've had two. I've had ninety-eight shitty ones. Well, I can tell you that I have one really good one. I know, and so she's one of the good ones. That's what I just wish they all were. I know. I know. So Matt, Matt, Matt and Toby, I didn't stop listening, so. Matt and Toby, they have convinced me on some things for sure. Some that I haven't even admitted to them yet, but this is not one. This is one where I don't, I, I don't think I understand how Matt's communicating it. I think I'm like, what, what's the point you're trying to make? Cause it keeps coming <sighs> across as teachers should be looked down upon. That's what teachers it should be paid like. $200,000 a year. In my opinion. Could I say it that way? Will that help? Because that's what I believe. We can't afford that, however. That's what our children need. They need good, unbelievably trained, awesome people that need to be treated way better by our society. But no, we don't have that. We have the people in charge of a regular school drive to a mid-grade school somewhere in the middle of nowhere or in the inner city and, and find the average teacher there and tell me, is that adequate for our future? Hell no, right. it's not. No, well, and I'll, I will tell you that this will unfortunately it's going to make your point she is a rarity right i she know just is. She, she's a rarity and so anybody, they, they put in the same thing every year she's i mean she spent five hours on sunday getting a blended learning thing for one class I know. because that's what that's what we wish we had but we don't have that we don't have her she's the one yeah but that's not acceptable i but I think it was your take, and I'm, if I'm hearing Joey, I didn't even get to my take because it, it, it train wrecked so hard. It's well, not Rob even funny. Is, Rob, as far as uh, feeling bad about me, do you do realize how good my life is? Right, right. I do. Well, you live in a mansion. Right? <laughs> you eat pizza every day. You work like once a week. You vacation all the time. Toby, <laughs> let's be truthful. Toby's the hardest working out of all three of you. Yeah, Toby's a hustler. Toby's no, a hustler. That's true. We're kind of we're losing you, Toby, or maybe I'm the only one. Toby was was verifying that he's the hardest worker. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm verifying that. I'm I'm driving, so it's it's kind of rough. Can y'all hear me? All right. Yeah. Yep. You're good. You're hey, probably well, going well, to work well, somewhere, Toby. Well, well, yeah, I'm driving to work. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm working and I'm driving mm-hmm. to work. Uh, one thing I was going to say is though, it, once again, it it literally is the system. I believe screws the teachers too, and that's what I I don't yep. like. For example, Ike this week yesterday. Now I have to discipline him because he got a, a card sent home because he didn't listen a few times, and now I got in trouble because he was a discipline problem. But part of me is like, well, shit, he, he's uh, you know seven years old and he has to sit in this room and he's not and and, and he's and he's a smart kid, so some of this is boring to him, and now he's just stuck. And now I have to discipline him because he has to listen to this lady that does care about him and wants to do good, but it's just it's really crazy. Yeah, so, and really, he didn't do anything other than he's a seven-year-old that's smart and excited and wants to get up and do things. Right, and school's a bad place for that. Yeah, yeah. 
unfortunately. I mean, I just can't accept the mediocrity. I cannot. I will not. I don't accept it. It's not acceptable. Wait, wait is, is Georgia in school? Yeah, so? she's a, in oh, Okay. All right. I just want to clarify that. So. Yeah. I just yeah, rode by I mean, two cops with my microphone, and I had to I hide not, it. <laughs> I'm not homeschooling Georgia. I mean, she will go through the system at, at, because you need to learn how to – unfortunately, we live in this stupid system, and you got to learn how to deal with it. So that's what we're going to do. I don't give a shit about the education or what she learns. That is irrelevant, but she will stay in the public school system. We'll make it work, and I'll do everything I can. You would not believe the links I go to to be liked by her teacher. Like, I'm earning every bit of credit. You would not believe it. I, I volunteer. I go in there and say, I did built a bulletin board in there last week and a big cardboard house for them to uh, build a whole structure for them to read in. I volunteer at the school. I go there every day. I'm there every day. I talk to the teacher. I haven't had to have a problem yet. I eventually will, but I'm putting every credit in the bank so that when I have to disagree or do something different or say we're not doing that, then hopefully that'll be smooth. I'm I not. Was, I, I was not. And I was completely antagonistic as a child, a smart ass, all that stuff. I would do everything I can not to be this time around, but it's hard. It's, it's just so hard. Rob, Rob I'll, I'll say this about Matt: is I he really does think a lot about his communication and and like strategic like he's always wanting to be better at, at how he delivers things and I think because of that he's willing to take risks and I think this one was a big risk and I don't think it worked to his advantage because he didn't bring people along and then get the had bomb. No he just so threw the bomb right so at irrational. them. You know, he just threw the bomb right into the crowd and then he talked. And, and then he went, well, and you, you and you won't believe how many messages I got from teachers agreeing no, no, the teachers email me and like what I said, by the way. <laughs> I get a ton, ton, ton of people that won't say it publicly. They'll say, email me privately when I get on a hot button. Teachers and students, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're totally right. System works against us. We wish we could do, I mean, yeah. So whatever. I, I'll try to say it better next time. But I'll say it this way. They should get paid $200,000 and they should be worth $200,000. Right. That would be oh, a good agreed. start unlocking the potential of our children. Agreed. Agreed. But I, I, the other thing that frustrates me, and I'm going to come to your defense, Matt, is when people like message you about your take, dude, grow up. Right. Right. You grow up. <laughs> people have differences of opinion. That just pisses yeah, me. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's one thing if they really want to have a conversation. It's another thing to be like, I can't believe you. So, right. you know, if it's coming from anger, it's just like, you know, just keep it to yourself. Matt doesn't have yeah. time to read that. Hey, let me ask you this. I, because I've thought about it a whole lot. How old are your kids? Uh, are either one of them in high school? No. Okay. So, because I want to ask you if you think this podcast, if, if Christian parents should let their teen kids listen to this podcast. All right. So mine are old. Are they safe listening to us? Yeah. So my oldest one is 28 and he's an atheist. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's good. He's on board. He's perfect for the BC club. Hayden is 24 and actually I turned him on to the podcast four years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I, I um, but I will tell you, I have changed a lot in the four or five years you guys have been on. Yeah. I would say I was the places that you were at and all three of you were at. I think I was. I don't. There's certain things I still disagree on. Yeah. Um, I still have a difference of opinion on hell mm -hmm. um, and certain things, but I've changed a lot. And so I. I think it's important for them to see it. And, and the interesting thing with my son, who's an atheist, is he's seen a big change in us. And it's, wow. I'm not, I don't want to be salvation wise, but it's drawing him closer to the family because right. he's like, my parents are woke, right? They're not homophobic. They're, they love, they mean what they say. And that's what we're trying to teach them because I do have a 12 year old. Yeah. 
So I worry about him, but I would say four or five years down the line, it, yeah, he could listen. And I've used Matt as an example. The one time he used the F-bomb and we talked, had a long talk about what bad words are. And I said, that's not really a bad word. It's probably something you shouldn't use. And we discussed <laughs> what were, we thought were bad words, which would be a lot of the slurs that people use. So if, so mm-hmm. if anyone asks me about age appropriateness of this podcast, I'm going to say, this is how I'm going to exaggerate what you said. Hey, most most parents say 16 years old is is a great age, and that's probably conservative. But yes, yeah, 16 yeah. years old, and you can put my name on it. You, you can stamp my. See, that's the other problem that I have. I don't. I'm kind of built a little bit. I take this the right way, Matt. Like you, I don't care what people think about me. I, I don't. I just. Why would that hurt, Matt? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying Matt's similar to me. Where, oh, gotcha. I, yeah. I just don't. I've, I've thought about that a little bit because there's certain things that embarrass me just to no end. And I'm trying to sort out the difference And because obviously people get the vibe from me that I don't care or I don't mind looking stupid or whatever. <laughs> I've always known that people have that impression of me. But things embarrass the hell out of me. Like if I had to put on, like get dressed up nice or get a haircut or show up in a fancy car, like the, there's things that are just un, like I was doing some voiceover for Labeled and I said a word that sounded so pretentious and, you know, and in my own judgment, I was so I was so embarrassed about those things. Those things feel so embarrassing for somebody that I th- usually feel like I don't care if people make fun of me or something. That doesn't bother me. But some things embarrass me to no end, and I can't figure out what the source of that is. Which things do and don't. Mine's more of a circle of trust thing. So if like I know you guys, if I did something, if I tri- did something kind of stupid, I might be embarrassed. But if I did something really dumb in front of like my wife or my kids, that's where it really sticks out to me. But like, if I go out in public and do something dumb, I, I figure I'm never going to see those people again. I literally had an epiphany. I was walking through a grocery store and I thought, huh, there's some people that probably don't like me. Oh, well, I don't care. So social pressure, we talked about that earlier in the episode. Maybe social pressure doesn't get at you. You don't feel yeah. the need to be whatever for some vague social group. No, no, I just don't care. Cause like, you know, I'm a nerd. I wear Star Wars shirts every day and I, I'd like certain things a certain way. And that's just that's probably a bad example of, of what other people should be. But that's just kind of how I am. So, hey, Rob, I got a question for you as a dad. That's interesting. You said your oldest son is an atheist. When you first found out he was an atheist, did the Christian side of you get kind of scared and nervous? Or were you like, oh, no, we got to save our kid. Or were you able to handle it? And where are you at with that now? So it's interesting because I think take this the right way, Joey. Uh, I, I, I think BC helped me with it. I really do. Because I think if we go back six years, I would have thought this is the end of the world. He, it's the lifeboat, right? We had that conversation. That somebody's drowning. I got to save him. Yep. Uh, for him, it's, I think it's helped a lot. And, and uh, so to answer your question, Toby, no, I didn't. I, I distinctly remember it. So um, he never outright said it to me, but I was, before he got married three years ago, we're in Anaheim together. We're standing in line for Star Wars Celebration. That's an aside. And he goes, he, my little one likes to hang out with him. My 12-year-old loves his big brother, loves him unconditionally, just like he should. And, and he likes to hang out with him. And Dylan's like, well, I don't know if you want him to hang out with me. And I'm like, why would I care? The, the sigh of relief and the pressure that came off of him, I'm like, dude, I, you're my son. I love you. I are you guys going to talk politics and religion? No. Okay. Hang out with your brother. You're still who you are. Your mom and I love you. And so there is that. Do I worry about him? Yes. 
But my goal is to show him what we're supposed to do, which is just love, right? Just love him because he's having a rough time. He's back at home with us and I'm, it's unconditional. I'm doing what I think a Christian should do, which is just love him where he's at. And that's it. Not asking him to do anything extra. Yeah. Yeah, The acceptance is the real big one. I mean, just the accepting, you can't do the other part until you do the accepting part. And that's the part people skip. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean it, I mean, I pretty uh, insightful actually like that, that makes so much sense out of people's actions. Like my mom, one time my brother came home from college and he had black fingernails and my mom just tried to pretend like everything was okay, but she could not get over it. And it was just over time. She would say things. And finally my brother left the house for his spring break. Like he was like, I can't, I can't take this. And that really does make sense that my mom just skipped the acceptance part. She yeah, tried she, to, I mean, oh, yeah, I love, love my son. I definitely accept him. People. That's about yeah. outward behavior is all you mean by love then. You mean, yeah. I see, I didn't say anything mean. Yeah. Like that, that that's not love. Well, yeah. and it's really hard for me to preach that to him and to all my kids that love above all else is what we're supposed to do if I can't actually do it for him. So, I mean, that, that's just kind of the perspective we've taken with him. That's the one we take with the little one because he's, he's the test case, right? We were super hard conservative with the other two one's still kind of a believer one's an atheist so we're at 50 50 we'll see what happens with the third one yeah (laughs) it's funny though as a dad it's hard for me i I feel like i was taught i my sin or my thoughts were at my parents or at god and i'm having to realize and get sift through that that like my kids i got three kids and they're not doing that to me they're on a journey like your son's not doing atheism to you he's trying to figure out his life so what why wouldn't you try to help him figure out his life and and if god's real then it'll it'll lead there right so yeah and and again we we rarely talk about those kind of things although it's funny we've been doing advent he sat and did advent with us and he was all in helping his little brother so whatever right i I want to love him where he's at yeah, that's good stuff, Rob. And Rob, I can tell you without even really being cheesy or making a joke that I appreciate you and your family. You've been what I would call a blessing to us. I, I enjoy you in the community and getting to, in real life. And this conversation has actually been pretty dang good for some, yeah. uh, you know, a club member coming on here. I think we've enjoyed this very much. I do want to say sincerely thank you for making the BC Club what it is and supporting us and being here for the whole for the whole trip so far. How long? How much longer we got to go? You're gonna have to see it through, no matter where we're going. <laughs> that's right. Right. When Joey comes out as gay, when you uh, <laughs> when you you are completely done with the church, yeah. and when when and Toby has his sex change, we'll be good. To no, go. I'll be a pastor. That'll be about, <laughs> that's yeah, that's Q three this year, Rob. Rob, Rob, do you have a favorite reoccurring guest? Um, reoccurring guest. Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, no, I, honestly, and, and take this the right way. My favorite part of the show is the very beginning, and of course the damn news, Toby. Yeah. Yeah, but I love, I like, I like when you guys have your guests. But I really enjoy just when the three of you let it rip sometimes. And and I, it, Taylor mentioned it. I honestly, I love the main episodes, but the bonus man, oh, some of those are just the best. So if you're not in the club, awesome. you're missing out. Yeah, well, we yeah, didn't we, tell you to say we've that. Actually, but I'm glad we, you said that. We've actually changed the tune a little bit. Like I, I keep notes of things that I want to talk about 
uh, and and then in my brain, I'm like, this would be better for the club. This would be better for the the main sort of thing. And there was one that I I brought up to Matt and Toby. They were like, yeah, let's, that's good. Let's talk about it. And then we went into a club episode, and I said, no, 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 no. Let, let's this is this is good. We let's go ahead and put this on the the main feed. And we're getting at the point now to where it's like, no, if it's really good, we do that on the club also. They're both just like, no, let's just do it right now. So it's I, I'd say we treat them comparatively when it comes to content. Like we're we're trying really hard on both sides. Like obviously the people on the main feed aren't getting a subpart. We're 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 trying hard on all of them. Yeah, but I, it, it's it's to me it's it's. I, I'm I'm a big music guy, so sometimes I really like to get the original version or get the demo or get the behind the scenes stuff. That's what I feel like we get. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know that you guys are transparent, but it's some of the stuff you let rip. And Joey, you're a little, <laughs> Joey, you're a little more yourself, right? I, I that feel is like, true. That is true. Because you don't feel stunted, you don't feel like it's out there. For that you. is so interesting. I really do feel like it is in I, it. It is something I think about, and I feel like no, nah, I'm with family now. Like everything, I can Rob I can the, be who I am, <laughs> and I don't know everybody, you know. But but I know that these guys know me, and I'm just assuming there's a trust level between all of us. That's, so that's Rob, pretty, would the corollary cool. of that statement be that you notice Toby and I being largely similar in the the behind the scenes and on the <laughs> oh yeah well it, <laughs> and, and be honest so I, and matt we've chatted some but toby was at my house for true man and so we got a chance to chat a little bit we've talked a little bit more back and forth and he I, he is who he is right I, and i love it I, I you guys crack me up i told you i want to be toby but matt you're my spirit animal dude <laughs> things, things come out i'm like and, and Toby, okay, one last thing. I swear I'll jump off. All one right. of the things that you said super early on, I mean, this is probably episode 10 or so, that, Toby, you thought you were like one of the top five or ten funniest people in the world. <laughs> and there are times when you say stuff, I'm like, yep, he's on the top I ten. Think, I think me and Matt were trying to put that on Toby. <laughs> that he's is there. a good compliment, Rob. I'm with you. He's I agree. damn funny. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to affirm, affirm that, that so, so Toby, you, you can take, take this, this as, as a compliment, compliment too. too. But but I, I, I feel, feel that if Toby were taking every moment that he has put, put into music, into comedic, comedic acting, acting, like tens, tens of thousands of hours, I mean, I mean can, can you imagine what that would be? Like, that's, you know. But it's natural. You guys took time. So, Rob, Rob, this was early in me and Toby's. This was early in me and Toby's friendship, and this is when I was like, "Holy shit, this dude's different with his humor. Like, he's something special." As we watched Saving Damn Private Ryan in the theater back in '98, and it's over. Everybody is just heavy, burden, tears, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, earn it, earn it." And Toby turns around to the majority of the theater, tells people to sit down and don't miss out on the bloopers. <laughs> uh, I was like, he's straight faced, right? I mean, he was probably straight faced the whole time. Everybody said, still, there's bloopers coming up. Those people didn't think I was as funny as y'all do. <laughs> yeah, I bet you, uh, your wife doesn't think you're as funny as we think you are sometimes. So. Well, Rob, oh, yeah. we appreciate it. We we got to wrap the episode here. Um, and you guys know if you want to join the BC Club, be like Rob. Go back in time. Listen to every episode. Give at a high level. Be on the show. That's just the way to do it. You're the you're a model citizen, Rob. As thebcclub.com. Come join us. See you all soon. Love you, boys. See you, man. Thanks, Rob. Take care.